Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. Well, today I want to look in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah chapter 9. I'll read verses 1 through 7 here in just a little bit. Well, you know, you, re- you read through the news, you go on the internet, and you go through all the news of the day. And just when you think that the world cannot get any crazier, then the world says, hey, check this out, and then decides to one-up itself. Last week in Dallas, Texas, there were some parents who took their young school-aged children into a gay bar for a drag queen show at an event called Drag Your Kids to Pride, with both parents and kids handing the dancers dollar bills like it was some sort of strip show. Y'all, I can't make this stuff up. I mean, I have a vivid imagination, but even I couldn't come up with something like that. You can look that up, and that's just weird. You know, other than the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked, and frankly, I would love to get those kids to... Uh, some sort of protection and get them to safety. There is a sermon-related reason why I bring this up. Because for people to actually think that that is okay, that that is healthy, the souls of everyone involved, the parents, the bar owners, the, the dancers, they have to be in complete and utter darkness because their actions reflect complete and utter darkness. And according to Scripture, I mean, that is what is going on with people. Ephesians 4.18 says that the lost are darkened in their understanding. Colossians 1.13 says that the lost belong to the kingdom of darkness. Luke 1.79 says that the lost live in darkness. Those who are separated from God are in this darkness, and they live like they are in darkness this darkness. And so you read a story like that, and then you read a million other stories about all the craziness that's going on in the world, and you might make you wonder in your head, is there anything that can stop this madness? You wonder in your mind, is there anything that is able to penetrate the ever-growing thick darkness that is all around us? And so we question, can anything get through the darkness of the world? But, you know, there might be even some more personal reasons we ask these type of questions because even we Christians have our time of darkness that we contend with. There might be the darkness of some sin that we just can't seem to get free of. There might be the darkness of some sort of emotional weight that we are carrying, like depression or anxiety. Uh, What I think it was St. John of the Cross who described it as the dark night of the soul. We contend with those things and then we may wonder is there anything that can get through that darkness? Well, in order for darkness to dispel, there has to be light. The darkness has to be exposed to light and there is only one source of light that is able to shine so bright as to dispel all that darkness. And in the passage that we're looking at today, Isaiah prophesied that God would send a great king who would be that light. He would bring light into the world. He would light up 
very dark times. And, and as we're going to find out, God has provided that same light for us to dispel the darkness in the world, in our lives, wherever we are experiencing that darkness. And my prayer is that we would let this light shine bright in those areas, those areas of our lives, those areas of the world, so that we're able to see things clearly and, and, and we're able to see that power broken, the power of that darkness. And so I want to read verses 1 through 7 of Isaiah 9. If you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these seven verses. And this is what God has, says, has said through the prophet. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased his joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please allow that light to shine here. And then, Lord, we take this light to shine it elsewhere. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Now, I want to give some context of what's going on in this passage because we're very familiar with verses 6 and 7. We normally read that during Christmas time, but I'll tell you what, Christmas time isn't the only time where this light is needed. Now, in the passages that have come before the one that we have read, it's a very dark time because God, through the prophet Isaiah, has prophesied that judgment is coming. God is going to judge his people, and it's going to come in the form of the captivity of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians. And so the description that is given before this is one of great darkness, one of hopelessness, one of despair. And, you know, it mentions a couple of the Jewish tribes, Zebulun, Naphtali, Naphtali or Naphtali, however you might want to pronounce it. But those would be affected first because they're at the kind of sort of the uppermost, they're the northernmost tribes of, of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. So when the... the army would come from the north, they would be the first affected. They would be the first ones to fall. And so for those two, those, those two tribes, there, there was a lot of doom and gloom that had been prophesied. A lot of darkness, a lot of dark times. But because God is gracious and merciful and he is abounding in mercy and loving kindness, God would eventually break through that darkness. But how? He would do it by sending a light, a light that would shine. But the question is, what is that light? You know, it, it says in verse 2, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. What is that light? Well, that's answered in verses 6 and 7. 
the light would come in the form of a child who would be born, a son who would be given. And through that child, God would set up his kingdom. All of God's kingdom and all of the authority of God's kingdom would be upon the shoulders of this child. And this was no ordinary child. He is the wonderful counselor, meaning that he's imbued with supernatural wisdom. He is the mighty God. He is God who is going to be a warrior and fight on behalf of his people. He is the everlasting father. Maybe it might be better described as the father of eternity, meaning that all of time and space are under his command. And he is the prince of peace because he is the only one who's going to be able to give peace because he will make peace between sinful man and a holy God. This child, this son, is the light that penetrates the darkness, and we know that divine light to be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only light that can penetrate through any sort of spiritual darkness found in all of creation. And throughout the passage that I read, God, through Isaiah, describes how Christ's light is going to affect the darkness of the world and the darkness of humanity. Because, you know, yeah, we, we talk about the darkness that is out there, but there's also the darkness that is in here. And so I want to quickly share three areas uh, where it talks about the light of God making the difference in the darkness. And, and you know, I, I hope that it's encouragement for us about how God is going to work in the world and how God can work in our very own hearts and lives. So the, the first area about this light that I want to touch upon is that the light of Christ gives life. The light of Christ gives life. Now, verse 2 it tells us that those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, a light has shone upon them. Well, you know, the, the, that, that phrase, the land of deep darkness, it's imagery for the Hebrew concept of Sheol, which is the grave or the abode of the dead. You know, death and darkness go hand in hand. They both together are the mortal enemies of God's creation. And Christ is the only one who can defeat both. Darkness brings with it death. Light brings with it life. You know, I mentioned earlier that the Bible describes that those who are separated from God are in darkness, but the Bible also describes them as being dead. Ephesians 2.1, Ephesians 2.5, Colossians 2.13, they all talk about uh, being dead in trespasses, being dead in in sin. When you're in spiritual darkness, you're also spiritually dead. And what spiritual darkness needs is light. What spiritual death needs is life. And Jesus Christ is the light that gives life. And this is witnessed throughout Scripture. So, for example, the Apostle John in his gospel in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says about Christ, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and cannot overcome it. But then later in that same gospel, Jesus describes this for himself. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. Jesus is the light that gives life. 
When you believe in Jesus Christ, your spirit is made alive. And once that happens, once the light of Christ is in you, there is no amount of darkness on this world that can overcome it. There is no amount of darkness in this world that can snuff it out. And not only is there the promise of spiritual life, there is also the promise of a resurrected physical life. I mean, death is the great enemy. And death will be defeated. And not only are there these great promises of, of life, I mean, it, it talks about, the Bible talks about the fact that, that you are removed from Satan's dominion, his rule of darkness. You are placed in the light of Jesus Christ. You have light and you have life. And so for those who have not yet trusted in Christ, you can have life. But I also want to mention that there is a promise here for believers. Because not only is it the light of Jesus Christ that breathes new spiritual life and eventually new physical life into people who will trust in Christ, but for, for Christians, when we go through times of despair, when we go through times when we feel so lifeless, it is the light of Christ that renews us. It is the light of Christ that renews our life. So for example, later in Isaiah, we're given this promise in Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says that they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Not only does Jesus Christ give new life, he gives renewed life for those who feel beat down by the things going on in the world. The world has darkness. Some hearts have darkness. It leads to death. It is death. But Christ is the light that gives you life. And I want you to know something. I want it to be noted because there might be some here who, if you're not concerned about yourself, maybe there's a loved one you're concerned about. Maybe there's just someone you're concerned about and, and you're thinking, I mean, yeah, that's great. Jesus Christ is the light and he has power to give life. But I'll tell you what, there are some folks I'm not sure that that light can get through. There are some folks who have such a deep darkness, even, I don't even think Jesus can get through that. Well, let me tell you what. The Apostle Paul, he was a hard-hearted persecutor of the church. But then the light of Christ shone upon him. I mean, literally. He literally saw the light of Christ. And the light of Christ then came into his heart. If Paul, Saul, who turned into Paul, can be changed, anyone can. We can never judge someone to be too far gone for the light of Jesus Christ. Those, those parents and those bar owners and those dancers in Texas, the light of Christ can give them life. The light of Christ can give you life. The light of Christ can give your loved one life. There is no darkness that can overcome the light 
of Jesus Christ. His light is strong enough to give life to anybody. But not only does the light of Christ give life. Secondly today, I want you to see that the light of Christ gives joy. The light of Christ gives joy. Verse 3 speaks about how this light that gives life, it increases the joy of the people that it touches. It, it speaks of a joy like, you know, the way that it's described. It, it speaks of a joy when one feels abundance, a great abundance. You know, it talks about harvest and, and, and dividing the spoil and things like that. When there's great abundance, but it's not, you know, talking about physical, worldly abundance. But that, you know what, you, when you have Christ, you are spiritually filled. And because of the abundance that he places upon you in your heart, you have joy. Because you have everything you need. You have Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And when the light shines, it brings with it joy. In spite of what circumstances might look like. And so, for example, we are told in Psalm chapter 30, or Psalm 30, verse 5, that his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. When the light of the dawn comes, there is joy. Now, in our lifetimes, we will have darkness. If there is anyone, you ever listen to a preacher that says, once you come to Christ, it's nothing but puppy dogs and butterflies or whatever, you know, imagery that they might use. They're not living in reality. You will still go through darkness. But in spite of the darkness, you can have joy knowing who it is who is your Savior, knowing what, where history is moving toward. Have you all read the end of the book? Christ wins. We win. There's nothing that can undo that in this world. Even in the darkness. We find joy in the fact that, that in Christ there is victory. And you know what? If we don't get victory on this earth, we're going to get victory in heaven. We win. Because joy doesn't have to do with our circumstances. It has everything to do where we've placed our trust. And it's in Christ. And you know what the Bible says about what you can find in Christ? What you find in God? Listen to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 1611. He said, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forever." more his presence is what gives us that joy now sometimes we snuff out the joy ourselves we because we want to be debbie downers about our life and and we get so concentrated on ourselves and our circumstances we kind of sometimes it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy we bring it upon our, ourselves because you know life isn't going the way that we wanted it to. Life isn't going the way that we planned it to. We've become discontent. Look, I have this plan and this plan isn't working out. We become focused inward and we're discontent. We're discontent because we're, we're looking in the wrong places. Because number one, we have no control whatsoever about what's going on, other than our own attitude and choices. We have no control over the world. We have no control over other people. 
But we have a control over our attitude and choices, but we don't like that. And so because we don't have the control, we allow ourselves to get discontent. And then we think that we know better how to drive our lives than Jesus does. And so, you know, we're, 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 we're thinking, well, God doesn't know how to direct my life. I mean, I don't think anyone would actually say that out loud. But we live like that. Well, you know, I, I know better how to drive my life. I, I, I like to be in the driver's seat. And so we kind of push Christ away. Well, when we push Christ away, look, I, I got this. I'm in control, Christ, not you. <laughs> We, say, we, we think that. I mean, we may not say that out loud, but that's the way we act. That's the way we think. I got it. We push them away. When we push Christ away, we're pushing away our joy. Because what does the psalmist say? The psalmist does not say that there is fullness of joy when things are going our way. The psalmist does not say that there's fullness of joy when we think ourselves to be strong and independent. The psalmist does not say that there's fullness of joy when we decide to go the way of the world. The psalmist says there is fullness of joy in the presence of the light. There is fullness of joy in the presence of Christ, not just joy. There are pleasures forevermore. Our, our discontentment and our fleshliness and our worldliness, it keeps us in darkness. But when we come to the light, there is fullness of joy. And there's no circumstance and there's no person who can take that away from us? But if you want to find joy, you have to come to the light. Joy is found in the light, not in the darkness. But there's a third aspect about the light that I want to mention today. It's that the light of Christ gives freedom. The light of Christ gives freedom. It, it frees us to live for Him. In verse 4, the prophet speaks of how the, the light breaks, like the yoke and the staff of burden. It talks about how it, 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 it breaks the rod of the oppressor. In, in a very literal sense, I mean, Israel was going to be oppressed by the Assyrians. But with that physical oppression would come the mental and spiritual oppression that dark powers would kind of try and take advantage of. I mean, they would have a literal physical burden because this foreign nation has overtaken them and taken them into captivity, but then their hearts would carry the invisible burden. But the prophet talks about how that, that burden would be broken by the light of that king. The burden would be, would be broken, but it, it's not talking about the literal, physical burden. Because when you look at Israel's history, that it, it was the, the literal, visible, physical oppression did not cease, even with the coming of Christ. Because the Assyrians came and took over the northern kingdom of Israel, then the Babylonians came and they took over the southern kingdom of Judah. But then after Judah, after the Babylonians, came the Medo Persians. And then after the Medo Persians came the Greeks, Alexander the Great and his crew. After the Greeks came the Romans. They were constantly in some sort of literal, physical oppression. And then the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and kicked the people out of their land for almost 2,000 years. 
And you know, when the, 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 the child who would bring light came, the Romans were in control, then he died, then he rose again, and then he ascended to heaven. And you know what? The Romans were still in control. And so the freedom that the light promises to bring is not necessarily physical, visible freedom from oppression. But through the light of Jesus Christ, people would be freed from the mental and spiritual oppression that has kept humanity down since long before those empires, ever since the fall. The light brings freedom of your mind, of your heart, of your spirit. Jesus frees us from the bondage, the yoke of sin, the bondage and yoke of spiritual oppression. You know, in John chapter 8, after, you know, after Jesus had told the people, I am the light of the world, he speaks about how that life, that, that light brings truth. And the light that comes through truth will set people free. So let me read to you from, from John chapter 8, starting in verse 31 through 36. Jesus is talking to the Jews. It says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. That's a lie. But how is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son, who is the light, sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be freed indeed. We are, we are born enslaved to sin. We are born unable to fight off the oppressions of the powers of darkness. But whatever might be going on on the outside, even if there is literal, physical, visible oppression going on on the outside, the light of Jesus Christ can set your spirit and your soul free on the inside. So even if you're physically imprisoned, you can be spiritually set free. You can be spiritually free. I, I, I noticed this in a story that was given by a Vietnam POW. He, he gave the, this story of the, the hard oppressions given in those POW camps. And so let me just read uh, the, this account that he gave in an interview. He said, when I was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, my captors would tie my arms behind my back and then loop the rope around my neck and ankles so that my head was pulled down between my knees. And I was often left like that throughout the night. One night, a guard came into my cell. He put his finger to his lips, signaling for me to be quiet. And then he loosened my ropes to relieve my pain. The next morning, when his shift ended, the guard returned and retightened the ropes, never saying a word to me. A month or so later, on Christmas Day, I was standing in the dirt courtyard when I saw this same guard approach me. He walked up and he stood silently next to me, not looking or smiling at me, but then he used his sandaled foot to draw a cross in the dirt. And we stood wordlessly looking at this cross, remembering that the true light of Christmas, even in the darkness, of a Vietnam 
prison camp is Jesus Christ. The light of Jesus Christ shined into this POW's heart, even though he was literally oppressed, literally in a prison, literally tied up, and yet his spirit was free because the light of Jesus Christ shined, shone, whatever the proper term is. I'm not an English major, y'all. It does shine, even in the darkest of oppressions. Regardless of your physical circumstances, the light sets your spirit free and you are able to live at peace. You're able to live at, at peace. In fact, in verse, verse 5, as the passage goes on, it talks about the peace that comes when you are set free by the light who is Jesus Christ, regardless of physical circumstances. And so you might feel like you are a prisoner that's being oppressed by a sin habit. You might feel the oppression of spiritual warfare. You might feel the oppression of the dark nights of the soul. But when it is exposed, when you are exposed, when your heart is exposed to the light of Jesus Christ, there can be freedom from those burdens that you carry. Yeah, you know what? We're still going to go through physical issues. We are still going to go through garbage in this world. Yes, your life circumstances might not be the greatest, but your mind and your soul and your spirit do not have to be chained up with the rest of you. You have freedom. You have a peace of mind. You have, when the light of Jesus Christ shines in your heart, and I pray that you do let it shine in your heart because it is wonderful and it is powerful. The light of Jesus Christ can change the darkest darkness. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes you're in darkness and then you're dark darkness. The light of Jesus Christ can penetrate the darkest spot in your heart, in your life, in your family, in your job, in the world. I was reading this story in this book by Jim Simbola, who, you know, is pastor at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And in his book called Breakthrough Prayer, he tells this story about a young man who like, was literally cursed from his birth because he, he lived in utter darkness. And that no one would have thought that this person, whose name was Nikki Cruz, could ever be, I mean, people would have thought that the light of Jesus Christ couldn't get within 10 miles of this guy. Because he was literally cursed and literally in darkness. Because he was born in a house in Puerto Rico where the house was literally dedicated to the power of darkness. The family practiced, you know, sorcery and seances and, you know, talking with evil spirits and, and whatever within that household. And, and Nikki Cruz was one of 18 children who were living in the house. And the house was frequented by mediums and spiritualists and necromancers and whatever in the world all those things are. Well, you know, being one of 18 kids in the house, you're not going to get a lot of attention. And, and so he would act up as a child and he would be punished and tortured for his actions. His mother called him the son of Satan and he grew up to be an uncontrollable rebel. I mean, I think it's kind of funny, not maybe funny, but just weird, that, okay, his mother is a literal Satanist, and she says, even my kid is too hard to control. What do you expect? 
And so she sent him off to some relatives in America. And those relatives couldn't handle him anymore. And so he, he just disappeared. He ran off. And he took to living in the streets. And he became this warlord of a vicious street gang called the Mau Mau's or something like that. And he was so filled with rage and, and anger and, you know, expressed it through violence and crime and bloodshed and all of that. I mean, he was literally a twisted psychopath. And he was in a world of darkness. Even his closest gang members were scared of him. And the police just wrote him off as the way he's going, he's going to end up in the electric chair. That was Nicky Cruz's life. He was literally in darkness, the darkest of darkness. But then God sent this street preacher who dared to share the gospel with Nicky. I mean, how many of us, we see like this evil, wicked, drug, kingpin, crime lord, warlord person, you're going to go up to him and say, hey, you know what, Jesus loves you? I mean, that takes, a lot of, that takes a lot of courage to do something like that. But somebody did. And through that street preacher sharing the gospel with Nicky Cruz, he was miraculously saved. And instead of being filled with rage, he was filled with love, and he, God moved in his life. He actually became an evangelist that God used in a mighty way. If the light of Jesus Christ can change the life of a Nikki Cruz, the light of Jesus Christ can do anything. That's the power. The problem is there are so many people who decide to block out that light. They, they, can, they, they choose to continue in darkness, and that's going to lead to their judgment. That's why Jesus warned in John chapter 3, listen to John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Jesus said, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, that's him, and people love darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. There's people who choose to block out the light. I'd rather be in darkness. I'd rather live in my sin. So hear me now. If you have not entered into the light of Jesus Christ, you are still dwelling in darkness. You are still dwelling in death. Not only are you going to have to deal with physical death, you're going to have to deal with what the book of Revelation calls the second death, spiritual death, eternal judgment. But when you believe in Jesus Christ and let his light shine into your life, guess what? You're miraculously saved, just like Nikki Cruz. And so today during the invitation, if you have not trusted in Christ, if you're still in darkness, but you want to come to the light, you come up here, I will share about Jesus Christ with you. But if you're a Christian, the question, the question is, are you living like you have light? Is that light shining from you? Is the light of Jesus Christ making a difference in your life? Or have you to use the metaphor that Jesus used on, in, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, have you taken a basket and, and hidden your light so you can just do your own thing? Listen to what some scripture says about living in light. Romans 13, 12. Paul says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. 
So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And then in Ephesians 5.8, Paul says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. And so Christian, maybe you haven't been walking as, as a child of light. Come to the altar. Pray that the light of Jesus Christ shines there. Maybe there is a, a spot of darkness in your life. That, come to the altar. Let, ask Jesus to shine his light into that area of darkness in your life. Maybe you know someone who is in darkness and they need light. Come to the altar. Pray that the light of Jesus Christ would shine into their life and bring them to salvation. The altar is going to be open for prayer. Let's pray that the light of Jesus Christ will shine in the darkness of this world that thinks that it's okay to take children into bars and watch dancers like that. They need light. Pray for them as well. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.